The quest is the quest. The, the quest, quest is the quest. Podcaster currently known as Colin. Tonight we're going to the penultimate season 15 story, Underworld. And boy, does this go under everything. Penultimate? Under, under, under where? <laughs> you know, under under the sky, which is also known as the roof, or, you know, top of a cavern. Okay, I liked the first episode of this. I thought the, you know, idea of the Time Lords being, you know, the gods of some ancient race was kind of cool, but then they did nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, we got it in the first episode. I mean, they just kind of gave it away there. Yeah, you know, and then that, that was pretty much it. That, I mean, they, they could have done a lot more interesting things with that concept. I mean, that guy, also, beyond that, also, that power, the gun that they used, that uh, was used only, I think, once, right? Unless I fell asleep and it was used again. You're not talking the, about the, the, the shield the, guns, right? The mood-altering yeah. gun. Oh, the, the pacifist. Yeah. The, 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 pacifi- the pacifier, yes. That was such a cute thing when uh, Orf uh, pacifies Leela. Yes. I don't know. Okay, I didn't think that was cute. I thought that that was outrageous that the doctor didn't throw a fit over it. Like, they've yeah. got this ray that they can just stop people from having a rebellion against the powers that be. Like, how did the doctor stand for that sort of thing? He was like, oh, wow, good for you guys making this ray. But yeah. my question is, why didn't they use that against the seers? My issue. It was like the first episode. Was where all the good ideas went to die. <laughs> yeah, because they basically took everything that they did in the first episode and completely ignored it for the second, third, and fourth. Uh, and just started running around in CSO environments. Wait, there was four episodes? I thought there was only three. There were four. <laughs> I mean, well, they couldn't put the green screen in the corner. You know, they na- needed to make that a prominent feature. Mission accomplished. I mean, the first time when I when I was wa- when we were watching the first episode, I was like, "Yes, oh, there's green skin. No one forgot to fill that in for one scene." Yeah, and, one and, scene. And then I'm like, "Oh, but they filled in every other scene." <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I mean, as we were pointing out a lot while watching this, it looked a lot more like a Dark Age Earth than the episode that actually took place inside of a body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the inside of the body in Invisible Enemy was. Colorful. Yeah, whereas this, you know, those caves, they did. They, they, those could be inside someone's intestines. That, that, yeah, uh, this we track. Intestinally track. Uh, th- this episode actually had better, like, interior interiors than inner space did, so. Uh, I, I I will also have to mention the very phallic um, spacesuits that they that we see. Oh, yeah, what yeah, wonderful costume the tree. Yeah, the yeah. helmet's gone, and then they have to go inside I mean, those They tunnels. weren't that good before, either, if we're being honest with ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> no, 
No. Well, all the costumes were pretty ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Well, especially the one the seers. They had just, I mean, how could they seer? A little tiny. (laughs) (laughs) And well, again, that's another point is that they they fire their weapons like literally over the heads of people, and it's like Stormtrooper City all over again. Just can you blame them? Look at what they're wearing. I mean, I have to say, I do like the concept of a shield gun. I mean, these shield guns were silly. If you're doing it, they should be like riot shield size. Take up most, if not all, of your body. Yeah, you not know, just as you're like doing a it. <laughs> it's like, ah, I'm protected from this, you know, 12 inch diameter. So, I I hated the shield guns, except for the fact that, what's his face? The guy who was angry one time. One time he was really angry. Then he was like walking around like boss mode. So, he, the, the, there's this one scene where they're starting to shoot at him. He turns around, he go, walks up to him, just blocks, kills the guy with his own beam. And is like, picks up the microphone, does a, does a, you know, freaking like, oh, anyways, he did one of those scenes where he's like, what's up? I, I, I we won. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. you're talking oh, Herrick. Yeah. Yeah, Herrick. Yeah, I did, for that whole story, I had no idea who you were talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't. I thought you were talking about the doctor for a minute. No, the doctor would not do something like that. And plus, I expect Jeremy would remember the doctor. <laughs> Yeah, I can remember the doctor. I don't know. He was asleep for half of it, so. I was asleep for a third. There's the a difference. That's why you thought it was three episodes. Yes, that's exactly why I thought it was three episodes. The doctor what? The doctor's hair was the best part of the green screen. Oh, gosh. They could never, and they kept expanding and contracting it. It was like a rutan. You guys do not understand just how difficult that stuff is in modern. Like, now we have tw- we have tweening tools and other things to actually the computer can monitor the hair and tell where it ends. Oh, yeah, and curly hair. I mean, I believe it. Dimension of difficulty. Oh. I know how difficult that must be, but, you know, in, in 2023, coming on 24, I'm spoiled. I mean... Like, You're really... That was yeah. manually cut out back then. I could deal with the green screen stuff if there was something else redeeming I could say in this moment about this story. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think that there was that much diversity of green screen background. Like, it, it seems like for all the wild sets that I've seen Doctor Who come up with, that would have been within, you know, their real house. Yeah, it would have yeah. been really easy to make the set. I mean, all of their filming takes place in a rock quarry, and this literally takes place inside a giant rock, and they couldn't pull that off in a rock quarry? I, they, I, had, they had them everywhere. I think this was a story where they just said, okay, we got to do a lot of studio filming. Let's do what we can. Because I think this was the cheap, quote unquote, the cheap one of the bunch, even though they had a lot of special effects to deal with. Because to be honest, the writer must have not really realized that this was the BBC that he was writing for um, when he decided to write this story. Because basically, uh, half the story is special effects alone. And so they had to do the best they could. I, I do like the ship. The, the spaceship was actually somewhat decent. Of a I think it, it was good, but there was no real story here. Mm-mm. Like, there was not much that happened. It was a run-in, grab the thing that they're on the quest to get, and get out. And... And, and their quest was interesting. And the fact that they were, like, religious fanatics about their quest was interesting. The mm-hmm. fact that they had the history of having dealt with the Time Lords and stuff was interesting. But none of those things, like, did amounted, anything. Yeah, yeah. 
didn't go anywhere with it. It was just, it, oh, that's a cool concept, and then dropped. Yes. Yeah, it's not even interesting enough of a concept for, you know, me to chew on. Yeah. You know, for a day or two. It's just like, it's yeah, like, like nice could be, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I could have meat to it. Another problem I have with this story is the direction. The director obviously had some moments where there was decent action. He had some moments but, of competency. But but the vast majority of this is people just standing around going, uh, okay. And when when you're in, in at the sacrifice and they're like literally saying all the all these people are here with fear, and the people are looking at the the sacrifice victim and yawning and just kind of standing not doing anything it's like how much fear do these people really have and how the heck do you tell that they're actually fearful the the direction of this one was just all over the place i I feel like i think the acting of louise jameson as leela kind of helped compensate for some of the lack of direction because she really tried to reach out and Touch people, <laughs> literally. Yeah, and and you know, and it was nice. Is her like you know the doctor being like, I was gonna say it was a hundred thousand years ago. And she was like, Me too. <laughs> yes. You know, there were a few moments of that that were good. And but that may have also been Tom Baker and Louise Jameson doing. That may not have had anything to do with the script or the. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Oh, was there a script? She <laughs> <laughs> was just winging it. it did feel I, well, like some that. of the seers certainly seem to be winging. I mean, it. There was some direction. The light is lit. The sword falls. The quest is the quest. All I'm going to say is that the going down, whatever, falling down scene, that was this one, right? The elevator? Yes. Yeah. Good. I I, I was worried. I dreamt that up for a second after everyone looked at me. Oh, and they spent only, what, 10 minutes going down the elevator shaft? Yeah. But the thing is, when did that? I I, I, him take, the director said to them, okay, you're falling down. The the first guy, the guy who was on from the planet, he's just like, Okay. And then you have the doctor's like, hmm, look up, look down. And then Leo's like, all over the faces, wide eye and bugged everywhere. It was great. Yeah, that was pretty uh, terrible. That was a cringeworthy scene to watch. As she was the only one trying to overact it. But the other problem was is that they're trying to get down to the center quickly so they can save the guy's father. And they're just kind of taking their time enjoying the gravity effects of the elevator. Also, I mean, the it's... gravity effects of the elevator didn't make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. zero gravity. Mm-hmm. And you would just so stick you just there. Push. You know, I, well, they, they were pushing off of the air. They weren't even pushing off of, like, the walls that would be very easy to yeah. push off and push them down. Like... It didn't make sense, and they could have gotten there much faster if they'd like put some momentum in it. <laughs> or like flap their arms faster. <laughs> yeah, flap their arms. Yeah, like why were they flapping their arms? There were like so many things to hold on to and push off of. Yeah, uh, well, maybe they weren't really there because they were CSOs. Well, they should have <laughs> had better direction and acting. Ah, uh, yeah. <clears throat> Definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of things that they could have improved upon in this story. Um, I mean, it also took forever for this one piece of cloth to burn. I mean, it literally was set on fire. Usually cloth like that would just go up in flames. Well, <laughs> well it, it was like <laughs> it multiple scenes. Really they have to set it on fire uh, different times. So it's like a different cloth every time so that they can do different scenes. Mm. Yeah, how many cloths were burned in the making of this? <laughs> <laughs> Although they do have a they do have a plethora of smoke machines for this story. Oh, oh, definitely. Yeah. BBC 
British burning cloths. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't lose anybody on set for those things. They might have. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the, the the doctor almost falls asleep, so who knows? There may have been lots of extras. That yeah, were I thought some of Leela's coughing was probably real. Yeah, I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, if I was Leela, I'd want to take a scarf like the doctor and just start, you know, whipping around. As a fan action. Yeah, but maybe like as an actual Aeration fan station. and not like randomly the way the doctor does it. No, randomly like the doctor does it. That well, he was more for like class. a. He was doing more of like a. But one, but infinity world. sign. Yeah, yeah. Another issue I have with this is that these these uh, minions, uh, especially Tala, goes into the regeneration chamber, and it's explained by Jackson that that they've regenerated a far more than a thousand times, and I was. Thinking the doctor would actually take issue with this, that another race is actually utilizing the regeneration properties, but over and over and over and over and over again. There, there was nothing that came about My, from that idea. Michael, I'm just going to say, this is the other thing. You're dealing with a, a group which is using regeneration to stay alive, who hates the Time Lords who regenerate. Like, there is a whole bunch. That episode had all these interesting concepts. And that was it. Yeah, you know, and, like, there were a lot of times throughout this where I just felt like, why is the doctor acting this way? Or why is, like, the doctor not more upset about this? Like, you yeah. know, that one, and with the pacifier, and the fact oh. that he only saves, like... Because he knew nothing was coming. <laughs> Let's not forget, this is the time when we've talked about the doctor being evil before. We have. But we've, I, I don't think I've ever really thought of the moment when he actually gave massive, basically noobs in a way. Just people say, here you go. These are your batteries. Yeah. <laughs> like, that was the most malicious thing. There was no mistake. The doctor can't walk away and say, like, they might live. Right. I, I didn't mean, even try to get the seniors to get out of there. And he, he was like that the whole episode, too. I mean, we've seen it a lot with, like, him kind of passively encouraging Leela to carry weapons, but he was just like, Leela, don't pick up alien weapons and just experiment them. Also, take off the safety. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that line. That was funny. It was funny, but also, like, with everything else the Doctor did this story, it was, like, brutal. Yeah. He was, like, a real villain in this one. Mm -hmm. I felt like he did not care about the people, and he just, like, devastation and was just like, whatever. I can't blame him. It was hard, kind of hard for me to care about any of those people, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Leela doesn't care about... Um, what is it, Inman, the, the son? That because when he gets back to the ship, he's about she's about ready to kill him, and then two seconds later, she's trying to hug him and hold his hand and 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 help him. And it's like, okay, there's a little bit of a bipolar moment right there. It just felt very odd. <laughs> kind of like with those uh, 3D printer things that were like skating around on the ceiling for no reason. Well, and then K9 prints out Wait. a eight and a half by eleven <laughs> sheet of paper. K9 can do anything. Yeah, I, I have to that. ask a question. Because honestly, and by the way, in case you didn't realize, yes, I fell asleep. And I don't think anyone would, would, would feel bad about me falling asleep during this series of stories. But <laughs> did the balls ever do anything? No. Really? Yeah, really. Oh, those balls that kind of go across the screen? And Just back and, back forth. and forth. And <laughs> I, I, the original well, concept may have been that that's where the seers were stationed and they were actually watching. Or it was a camera. Maybe. I think it was a camera. I think it That's might really be a camera. Steel manning the uh, the production. 
Well, they also reused, not only did they reuse that sequence of the ball going back and forth, but they also reused the sequence of the walk of the Sears walking through the green screen over and, and over. And it's several bad clips. sequences. Yeah, I know. They didn't, hey, they didn't that tell was, us No, no. That was the best walking they got out of them the entire time. And with Ooh. those outfits, I mean, everyone else tripped on every other scene. Oh, definitely. <laughs> I saw shoulder pads brushing up against, like, walls and stuff. Even Leela tripped over herself. And those walls weren't very stable. Yeah. They also go and rescue the father, and then they slave him to death by making him push a cart full of people over to a rock quarry, or a rock dispatch. And it's like, and then he, of course, collapses because he's already weak and... and Old and feeble. Old and feeble. And I'm like, couldn't they find somebody else? What about... There were, like, three other extras they could have used for that sequence. Right. Like, there were so many slaves around them that no one addressed. (laughs) (laughs) I, yeah. Well, now that we've just talked about how we really feel about this story. Which is what we do. Colin, do you want to start ourselves off with the ratings? I'd love to. So, not only is this a story where many of the elements don't make sense, (laughs) it was also dreadfully boring. (laughs) <laughs> um, you might have thought if you were watching some of the first episode hey maybe there's something really canonically interesting happening here with the Time Lords hey maybe there might be some interesting meat going on here but you quickly learn not to even care um, <laughs> I, I, and maybe that was a good thing because I quickly lowered my expectations for this series of episodes and it kept going lower um, as, as we've talked through this I um, I think we failed to highlight a lot of, um, you know, roses, and I think we've identified a lot of thorns. Canine um, saves the day. Canine saves the day, and I have to say that it was really nice for Leela to give him that little smooch on the snout. Oh, I thought that sweet. was very heartwarming <laughs> was, yeah. and endearing. Um, there's probably some Doctor Who that I've engaged with that I have, like, less. Hmm. Um, and you know they, they they made a story. Some people really tried here. I don't want to shatter they... their um, their hopes, their dreams, and their legacy. So I'll leave them with a three out of ten. Okay, Carl. Why me? Um, I'll give it a, a, a probably a one point five because there were some. I honestly, I was kind of, sort of falling asleep as well. It, it was, I, it, it's like a mess in my brain right now. I can barely recall a lot, but um, <laughs> uh, I, yeah, there was like a couple of redeeming things, and like the first episode was definitely a lot better than the other ones. But I'm definitely glad that we could at least laugh at some of these scenes. <laughs> we definitely were laughing. Jeremy. As a Doctor Who episode, this is probably one of the worst. And, but as a sleep aid, oh, I mean, you got to get two people here who were just able to snap right through it. No, I'll be honest, it didn't have anything to hold together. It was just a snore. The best thing about it was when we were ribbing on it. Mm-hmm. I think the reason I started to nod off was honestly because we we ran out of jokes. <laughs> yeah. The scene, the, the background was the same. Everyone was dressed in the same stuff. 
and and yeah, I was just sort of like, well, you know what? I can close my eyes and just listen to this, and I'm like, then I have Michael just roll on my shoulder and say, "Yeah, we got for this bit." I'm like, "Do I really?" <laughs> I, I mean, I did. I don't know what I really I missed there, except for the fact that they changed out some Duracell. That's it. No, that's how I look at it. Point is, I think if you were to grab some beers and want to watch a really bad set of Doctor Who episode with your friends, this is a solid ten. But if you want to watch it for actual Doctor Whoing, which is now a, t- a, a term. Yeah, I mean, I think Jeremy made a good point. This uh, the story was so bad, we ran out of steam making fun of it. <laughs> like, this did not, like, I mean, I guess there were a few moments that made it not the worst thing ever, but it was, it was pretty bad. It didn't make a lot of sense. It was really boring. It definitely didn't need to be as long as it and, uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one a 1 out of 10. Whew. Well, I think the, the guy who played Herrick definitely had a lot of fun making this story because he got to do most of the action sequences and a lot of the falling down, dying, well, not quite dying, um, but falling down and... and overacting. Uh, overacting and <laughs> laughing at things. That, I mean, he was literally laughing at the whole story himself as he was going along. So I, I have to give him props. Um, this story ranks it as, um, for me, the worst Tom Baker story, probably in my bottom five stories of all time. I can't imagine it getting much higher. Um, yeah, I think Orphan 55 might be below this one. <laughs> um, but I think, um, Underworld is notoriously known as one of the worst. And for good reason. Um, it's got a lot of nothing that goes nowhere. And that's hard to do. Um, <laughs> it's quite easy to do, is <laughs> I guess so. Um, uh, I think there there are some scenes that are redeeming, like Leela's kiss to K-9 at the end, and maybe some of the dialogue at the beginning between the Doctor and Leela. Um, if they had just stayed on board the TARDIS and gone somewhere else, I would have been totally fine with that. Um, I will also give this a 1 out of 10. And, uh, I didn't see see my rating of three being so high. It makes me think I was overly generous. You know? I think you um, were. I mean, perhaps, perhaps, like, I, I mean, wasn't giving it any props, really, besides, you know, a, a cute robot-dog interaction. Three out of ten's fine. I mean, that's that's reasonable, but I think... I mean, it's still a failing grade. It's still Oh, a, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. This is the lowest-rated story, I think, of all the stories that we've watched besides Paradise House. But, and you know, I, this is so low. It... It's that whole grade which brings your average really down. Like it's it's that grade that hurts hard. Well, two ones, yeah. yeah it makes you question what you're doing with your life. You know, I, I gave it two because I, there has to be there ha, you have to have room for something to be worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. this one would only be that paradise covers because there were fewer people podcasting on that. That's true, and that was only one pure. So yeah. <laughs> I th- I know that people gave it a one that you, that night though. Yeah. Um. For but for other reasons because I think as with Paradise Towers it had a good decent storyline. It was line, at least entertaining. But it had the worst execution of any story.
story. This one had terrible story, terrible execution. <laughs> yeah, and, and terrible acting and terrible music. The music in the story, I didn't even get to the music. The music was so awful, it's, it's just like elevator music, and it seemed like it didn't quite work with the scenes. I mean, when you're... Except go, the elevator scene. Except for the elevator scene. Oh, good point. Yeah. That's really bad when your music makes it seem like you're literally on an elevator. <sighs> any rate. Oh, I would have loved the elevator music. Talking about <laughs> first episodes being better than the rest of them, I do have a news announcement. Is, Is that it about plots? No, it's about the very first story of Doctor Who, An Unearthly Child, which the first episode is vastly superior to the, the next three. But compared to this story, it, the whole story is much better. Um, sadly, the son of the author um, the original author was Anthony Coburn, and his son is named Steph. I'm sorry for Has had oh no, that one. Never mind. Has refused to give the license back to the BBC. What? So that an unearthly child will not be able to not only be on the BBC iPlayer, but it's currently not even able to be on the Blu-ray that they want to set out for season one. Right. Because this guy just does. He wants to stick it to them. He even went on record on. Twitter to say, or X now, I guess it's called, to say that he would rather give it to Russia, and that's his plan, as opposed to giving it back to the BBC. Now he's Russia? given he's given the rights to it before, and he's and the BBC offered him, according to him, twenty thousand pounds to continue the licensing, which is why free money. He, why would he sell it to Russia and not the U.S.? Would definitely pay more for it. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that he's gone off his rocker. He he apparently has been in court claiming that he has rights to the name TARDIS because his father wrote it, and he lost that um, capability because the BBC has already copyrighted TARDIS. Um, so it's one of those constant battles, but this time he's winning. Um, I don't know if it's going to court or whatnot, but all I know is that Right now, an unearthly child will not be able to be seen by any future generations on air, whether it's streaming, whether it's on the television, whether it's on a Blu-ray or DVD. Now, that and means... you can get it on Project 3 TV. You can get it on DVD still, because and those DVDs are selling fast, and it's right now the number one selling DVD set in Great Britain. So... If you want to see an unearthly child, go get the beginning box set right now whilst you still can and while it's not like $500. Our matey, go sail to get your copy. That is ridiculous. I know, seriously. And in other news, but much better news, they actually released the new Doctor Who theme. Anybody want to talk about that since we just watched it? It was... It was Don't okay. I, I'm kind of waiting to see because we saw the live version. I'm ready to see the pre after post production. Right. Then, yeah. There was one part where, like, I felt like it got a little high pitched. That it felt a little screechy. It it didn't feel okay. it didn't feel produced. It felt like, hey, here's a live one. But when when he goes through production and they can actually like play with the knobs and how the sounds are going to be at that point, what? <laughs> you like this like, No, like no, I, I, I want to see them play with the knobs. <laughs> yeah, see, um, we'll play with the knobs. They go like this. I feel like if they had... It, the problem it is... It felt less epic. It sounded yes. less epic than well, a lot right. of other... I think Dr. it's a sound quality because it's, it's a live version. I think it would have been better yes. if we saw and, it live. And, well, no. 
I don't need. If I, it were I, live in person, it would definitely have been much better than. It, it, it might have. I don't know. Would have been better than watching it on Michael, YouTube. Michael, I would say this: it'd be better if it was live in an actual concert hall. That was a recording hall. It True. was not going to be very good there. Well, I'm not saying as good. Yes. Yes. I agree with that. You. That's what I mean. We and since that wasn't recorded in a concert hall where everyone could hear it, it's not going to be as good. So that's why you need the production version, which yeah. we will get. And I'm looking forward to that because it. And this is what my problem was. When you're m- mashing all those versions into one space... Yeah, like basically that, if you took the 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, and 12th Doctor's themes and mashed them together, you get this one. Yes, and because of that, and we're not getting a produced version where, where they can play with the sounds and, you know, the little knobby bits. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just not doing that. Just, <laughs> oh. Okay. So, and you're, you're not able to get the balance right, and therefore it matched there. So once we get the produced version, that's all I'm saying. It will probably be epic. And also with intro animation, we're gonna get. I'm not even just waiting for that. Uh, it should be interesting. Well, we look forward to that because we're only one month away from the next episode of Doctor Who. <gasps> anyway, next week we will be um, probably not actually podcasting because we're gonna have to wait till two weeks from now so we can do all of the Invasion of Time, which is our next episode, or story, I should say. Anyway, have a good night, y'all. Thanks for listening. Bye. See you. Toodles. Bye. Bye.